And are there any sports that you used to play but don't play anymore? Um, I used to play uh, baseball and golf on the, on the side. Yeah, I stopped playing softball in like sixth grade. Okay, and why did you stop playing? Uh, I stopped playing baseball in like fifth grade or sixth, I forget. But because I hit in the face with a baseball and it, and just like, I was supposed to play catcher, and I just couldn't catch a ball anymore. Mm-hmm. And also, I got pulled up to play on, like, the – on, like – I was, like, a fifth grader. You weren't supposed to be on, like, Little League in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So they pulled me up because we're long players. I just didn't play. So it kind of discouraged me, and then I just stopped playing. And golf, it was something we did for fun. And I was just, I was just really bad at it, so I just stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't enjoying softball anymore. And I just wasn't good at it either. Okay. What was the fa- your favorite season that you've played in any sport? Um, One of my favorite seasons was my eighth grade basketball and soccer. Those two seasons were really fun. I had a whole bunch of friends I played with, and we did really good. And also this cross-country season – I did really well, like jumped, re- like got a really good jump and started performing really well. Mm-hmm. I think for me it was seventh grade because I was with people that I wasn't with in eighth grade and I just really enjoyed playing with them. It was in basketball. Yeah. And what's your least favorite season? Um, Probably that baseball season. And, like, yeah, that season. I had fun with baseball up to that season. Yeah. Probably freshman year soccer. Why? <laughs> um, just because I felt like I wasn't really, like, being appreciated and heard. And... Like, the coaches weren't very helpful, and I wasn't really learning. Did you ever have a coach that you loved, looked up to, or looked forward to playing for? Uh, I had two coaches. One of them is still my coach, and that's Coach Flint. He's my running coach. And I just – I just – he's just so – he's so good. I mean, he, he used to run a lot, and I know that – I mean, he's gone through a lot of things that I'm going through right now, and and I just trust what he's saying, and he's just like his attitude about running too, and it just motivates me to work. And then my other coach was Mr. Harris. He just had a, like a really tough mentality, and like you just have to work basically. And and whenever we weren't working, like if we ever goofed around, he would like get that mindset reset because he'd make us run basically. And and that really helped us with our success. I think we only lost one game that season. Yeah, and I'm excited this year to be playing basketball with, like, Tim and Flint and, like, Karen. Because, um, well, Flint is, like, he's always pushing us, and he's, like, making us run, which is – you know, you don't want to do it at first, but it's helpful for us. 
in the end, so I like playing for him. Did you ever have a coach that made you dislike playing that season or made it really hard for you to play and why? You don't have to tell me their names. You can just tell me why. Um, I had my baseball coach. I mean, I don't really remember much from that. I just remember that we just didn't, I just didn't play that much, basically. And I just didn't find a purpose on being of the team on the team mm-hmm. if I just wasn't making impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just had a coach <clears throat> where I felt like they just didn't really like pay much attention to me, and I wasn't playing that much or learning that much. So, yeah. Have you ever quit a sport or skipped playing that season because of a coach? Um, I don't, I don't really think so. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was more just because I didn't really like the sport that much. Yeah. What are, the, what are some of the ways that you like a coach to interact with you or some things a coach does that make you want to win or feel good about yourself? Um, I like a coach that, like, it's like, off when you're off he like encourages you guys and but when we're like during practice like it's we're not playing games i mean that's, that's when we gotta work i mean mm-hmm. that's when like progress needs to be made and i just something about getting stuff done during practice just like i just love it mm-hmm. i like when my coaches are they're telling me what i'm doing good and also telling me where i need to work on because it makes me feel like they actually want me to get better and they want me to play for them. So I like when they're telling me like a little bit of both so that I can get better. Would you rather have a coach who would thrive on competition and was firm, but could joke around sometimes or a coach who would present everyone as equals on the field and would always be positive? Um, I kind of like already answered this, like all my coach, the coaches I loved the most were like the, kind of stern but they had like that like encouraging sign but they decide but they were very competitive like my basketball coach Mr. Harris like if we were doing bad he wouldn't like try to sugarcoat it he would like yell at us in the locker room really like recent like basically tell us we need work and that's what we did I mean and then our my cross-country coach after my races, you'd always encourage me because, I mean, you definitely need some after you just ran really hard, especially, mm-hmm. like, for the people that don't want to run as much. It really helps to have encouragement when, like, the sport isn't as fun for you. Yeah, and I like a coach that's, like, firm and is, like, they're wanting to push us, and it may not be fun at first, but... In the end, it helps you be a better player. And my last question is, are sports a main reason you try and do good in school, or are they just, like, a motivator in general? Um, I find I don't really need more motivation for school, but I definitely feel motivated to play sports and stuff. I just love it. I mean. mm-hmm. And... If I want to play sports, I have to get my work done. So I feel motivated to get my work done before I can go to practice. Okay, and that's it. Thank you very much for your input.
It was appreciated. You're welcome. You're welcome. Goodbye now. What my two guests said about their experience with sports and their experiences with coaches makes total sense and actually ties into my research. You have to make personal connections with your players if you want them to get the most out of the season. This may seem ridiculous because the coach is there to coach, but part of coaching is the interactions between the player and their mentor. Like Emma said, she didn't like her entire season because she felt disconnected from the coaches and it felt like they didn't care or pay attention to her because they weren't creating those meaningful relationships. That can really impact a player and even their performance on the team. Throughout this process, I looked at several different colleges and what they had to say about coaches. One college was NCU. Most of what they said was about the communications between coaches and players. It's important for coaches to have open communication and tell players what they need, but also listen to what the players are saying and what they need on the field as well. Especially because a lot of young athletes try and make careers out of the sports they play. It's vital that their experience with a coach doesn't mess with their futures. In some cases, a coach is the biggest mentor and role model in a young athlete's life, so it's even more important that their influence is positive. Coaches need to take that next step and adapt their coaching to what the players need, not to just what they believe will work. That's what's best for the team and will make them want to win if they can have a say. I think we should look at an example of a bad coach-player relationship. That's Bill Parcells, and I'm sorry if I say his last name wrong, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Bill Parcells and Jeff Hostler. They were the coach and backup quarterback for the Giants. Parcells wouldn't put Hostler in the game even when he promised him he'd play. Instead, he benched him. Seven seasons later, when the quarterback Phil Sims got hurt, Hostler won in the game and the team won the Super Bowl that year. This is a prime example of why things can't always be done by way of the coach. If the coach doesn't believe in the player, the player won't believe in themselves, and half the battle of performing well is believing you can do it. Personally, I know the difference in my performance on the field when I have a coach who shows confidence in me and a coach who doesn't. Constructive criticism and feedback is extremely helpful, but I also understand that it differs from player to player. Now I'll tell you some ways that coaches and other sports experts recommend coaches to interact with players. Number one, greet and address each player individually to make them feel good about being there. Number two, show confidence in their ability to grow as players. Number three, offer activities that suit their level of development and skill. Number four, encourage effort without always focusing on results. Number five, which I don't necessarily agree with, but again, I understand that each player thrives in different ways. So number five is avoiding elimination games that create situations where there aren't a lot of opportunities for success and more opportunities for a letdown. I don't agree with this because personally, I thrive on that sort of competition and my team always loves playing elimination games and our coaches allow us to when we do good and, you know, we always beg them. I'm only going to do a couple more because the rest are just different variations on what I've already said. The original number six is be specific when telling them about what you like about their performance or effort and how they can improve. Finally, what was number 10 was ask them for their input and invite their questions. This is extremely important because if you are inviting their questions and if you're offering them to 
let you know what they need as players, then they're setting up in their mind that this is an open place where they can talk and they can grow not only in their skill, but in their understanding of the game. Just think about this scenario. Let's say you have a coach who, if they say jump, you say how high. If they say you need to run faster, you go home that night and you don't go to bed until midnight because you're trying to beat that time. Well, then let's say this coach has no confidence that you can beat this team. They're like, well, guys, you got to, you know, try your best, but don't, you know, get your hopes up. Imagine how that can affect the player because that's happened to us where it's been like, you know, this team is extremely good. You're probably not going to beat them. Well, then that gets stuck in that player's mind. Then they go into the game and they're like, we're not going to win this anyway. Well, then they don't perform as well because, well, our coach doesn't expect us to win. So what's the point in actually trying to win? You know, if you're not doing it for yourself and you're doing it for your coach, then you're playing the wrong game. And that's why a coach and the way they speak to the players and the way that they present themselves is extremely important. In the end, there are so many ways for a coach to create personal relationships that make the team and the player more successful. It's especially crucial this year because kids don't have much normalcy at all. Modified seasons mean modified coaches and coaching methods. It's important for coaches to make that connection. The mentality of a coach does in fact affect the mentality of a player, and there are so many positive and negative effects to that mentality. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Madeline Pike, and I just answered the question, how does the mentality of a coach affect or change the mentality of a player?